Hi everybody, this is Brian Janikowski with Market Watch on Friday, June 9th. I'm Christian Thwaites. And I am Emily Tegenvertz, and let's get started. So Christian, last week we, we talked about this 2%, 2%, 2% rule. I wanted to throw out uh, another two percentages here. One being 12%, the other being nearly 10%. And those are the returns of the S&P, the first one being last year, 2016, the second one being year to date. Um, so if the stock market is doing relatively well, why does all of this economic data matter? Is this because of this prolonged low interest rate environment? Is this blind optimism? What's going on here? Well, um, the economic information matters because that keeps me busy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if <laughs> so, so I think one of your questions is a very good one: is how does all this top line economic um, information and data and flow and opinion affect stocks? Because we've been as we've discussed here, sort of fairly lukewarm on the outlook for the economy, jobs, employment, uh, growth. And yet, as you said, we've had 12% on the S&P last year and 10% this year. And I think there's a couple of things going on. Well, first of all, last year, we had the end of what was a full-blown recession in the energy industry. So we all knew about the shale gas story. That all rolled over in 2015, 2016. Earnings were negative to big losses in a large part of that sector. So the earnings came through in 2016 and the stock market being a great discounting machine started to go up. So that was some of that. And then in so far this year, we've also had good year over year earnings numbers. And I think that's because We've seen sales growth outside the US. That's certainly true for the S&P, which is why we've seen the S&P do better than small cap stocks, which are primarily or significantly more domestic than large cap stocks. So they benefited from overseas. Um, and I think another reason is that you know rates have remained low. And of course, whenever you measure the intrinsic uh, value of an investment, you use a discount rate. And if the discount rate is pegged off the risk-free rate, which it is, and that risk-free rate continues to be low, it's going to make those investments uh, more expensive and, and more attractive. So uh, to sort of cut through the jargon, I think that the economy is still a very important backwater if people are losing their jobs and businesses are struggling with uh, demand and volumes and uh, and confidence, then that will start to appear in the stock market, But uh, and then the other way around as well. So I think that we have to kind of keep our eye on both, and sometimes there can be a divergence. Right now, you know, the, the economy, just to be clear, is, is in good shape. I just don't think it's in good shape as some of the bulls and certainly part of the administration think it is or think that it's going to be. Uh, and so that's been a quite a good underpinning for stocks, uh, and they've sort of, you know, had a, had a, had a good year. And, uh, and, and, and we continue to think they're going to be quite, quite, uh, quite, quite solid going forward. So it's a very good question and one that, you know, we wrestle with all time, but I, but I, I think that's the reason for the uh, discrepancy in this, in this case. Could you also say that performance generally looks backwards and the economic data is about looking forwards? I think actually, I think the stock market is a very good forward-looking machine. I okay. think it's actually ahead. So uh, you might get the stock market saying now, uh, we expect, and I think this is what they did in the first quarter, two or three more solid growth quarters ahead of us, and we'll price that in. And if there's a disappointment, then you'll see the correction. Mm. And the, but uh, uh, so, so it's guessing and it's discounting forward. 
uh, it's mm. guessing on good information, of course. The, the ec all economic data is is historical. So everything so we swap. get is really just you know a month ago, if we're lucky. Uh, you know, we claims are very, very relevant. That's the one index mm -hmm. you do, which is right up to date every week. But it's it's very much, you know, we're getting it at best coincident and best lagging. So there's always that uh, discrepancy between the two. Great. I want to turn now to this very interesting chart that you um, speak about in the blog this week, the written blog, um, comparing job openings to hiring. And it's very interesting because it, it seems as though job openings are at an all-time high or close to an all-time high right now and hiring has been flat for three years. Now, many people say, okay, this might be because there's a shortage of qualified workers, you know, there's competition in the global labor market. You know, I find when employers say, I can't find talented, qualified people, that that sometimes is code for, I can't find talent that I want to pay um, what they're worth. Uh, and so, you know, this is kind of backed up, this idea is kind of backed up by the dismal wage growth that we've been seeing. What is going to finally get companies hiring again? Uh, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot in that. Um, you're right, we've seen these big job openings, but the hiring numbers have been pretty flat. And then also the quit rates, which we talk about as an indication of confidence, have also been flat. Quit rates are a good measure of confidence because you don't quit your job without in with unless you think you can get another job so those you would expect to go down uh, in a recession and be up at the top of a boom but they really haven't really recovered and then we've got this discrepancy as you mentioned between the, the level of hiring and the number of jobs it is very clear that there are two things going on people are employers are saying they have job openings but I think they're rather artificial job openings they're really saying yes we have an opening but unless we get the perfect plug-and-play exact match of the person we want at the price we want, we're not going to fill it. So that, that means they're not going to train and they're not going to pay for it. Uh, and that's showing up, as you said, in the market watch. So what's what in the uh, wage wage growth, which is pretty flat. So what's going to break that? Uh, it, it would have to be extra demand where an employer trades mm -hmm. off a less trained uh, employee than they would ideally like and pay more than they would ideally want to. But they, but but it's an economic decision for them that they can get the extra business out of it, and that's going to happen if we get more more rapid growth. But we've definitely got uh, you know employers nervous about adding adding jobs, and uh, and it's and we we need to see that corrected. I want to lastly turn to tech to tech stocks and tech valuations. We've seen um, tech stocks run pretty quickly this year. Um, and pretty far this year, especially the fangs. Uh, you know, are tech stocks overvalued? Some of them are. Uh, I, I, I struggle with the kind of nosebleed valuations we see in some stocks. Uh, Amazon, 90 times earnings. Um, sorry, more than that, 180, 190. Facebook, 90 times. Uh, uh, Salesforce, one of the local companies here, holds the record, but they've only just started to make money after 20 years of being business, and they're on a 480 PE. So, yes, some of them are pretty expensive, and we show a chart where you take the fang, so that's Facebook, Amazon, we threw Apple in there just to sort of steady things up, um, Netflix and Google. And really, we should put Microsoft in there as well because Microsoft is you know, $500 billion company. Netflix is still a $70 billion company. So, but you put those together and you're looking at, at, at valuations 40% over the index. So those aren't cheap. The difference 
is that, uh, and I, before we sort of get the alarm bells of this, is this 1999 again, uh, the, these, these companies are still growing. They're not phantom, there's not phantom growth in there. It's not sort of eyeballs and revenue, it's real revenue. They are companies which require very little capital to operate. I mean, Google could be returning cash to its shareholders forever. It never needs to really raise stock or bonds other than for tax reasons or for worker compensation. Um, and they generate a hell of a cash. And they, um, they're, they're really winner-takes-all businesses. I mean, there's not going to be another Facebook, however good it is, is you know, and there's not going to be another Google search engine. So so there are some things which are different. But you know, as we kind of put in our blog and we've discussed in our investment meetings, it's best not to go overboard on this. And then uh, dead on time, there was a big correction on NASDAQ on Friday afternoon, 3.5% correction. Uh, so the, these are stocks which are on a lot of momentum watch lists. And you've just got to watch out that they don't get too far ahead of themselves. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, everybody. And here's the disclosure. Please note this discussion of our investments, investment strategy, including our research investment process, represents our investments, investment strategy, the date of this commentary is subject to change without notice. We cannot assure the type of investment discussed in this commentary will outperform any other investment strategy in the future, nor can we guarantee that such investments will present the best or attractive risk-adjusted investment in the future. So for general information purposes only, references can to an individual security should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell. Securities mentioned in this commentary are only several of the successful as unsuccessful investments by us and do not represent all the securities we have purchased, sold, or recommended. Although we deem reliable the sources of the statistical and other information referred to in this commentary, we cannot guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any statements or numerical data past performance, no indication of future results.